Welcome to the Buddhist Recovery Network podcast. My name is Thomas Valentine. On this episode, we will be presenting a talk by someone I adore, Gary Sanders. The name of the talk is Gratitude Turns What We Have Into Enough and More. Little bio about Gary. Gary moved from Los Angeles to Portland, where he was the founder of SCV Mindfulness, led up to three weekly groups over the last five years. He was empowered to lead Buddhist meditation and Dharma groups by Vinnie Ferraro and helped found Refuge Recovery, a Buddhist-based recovery program for all addictions. After moving to Portland, Gary was asked to join the teaching staff at Portland Insight Meditation Community. His daughters continue to be his greatest teachers. Gary exclusively used Kevin Griffin's book, One Breath at a Time, when he first got sober, and today Refuge is the main recovery program that he works. Be sure to subscribe to hear future original podcast and Academy recordings. Gary will be speaking again later this year on the Academy, so click subscribe so you don't miss it. We have an Academy talk the first Sunday of every month, free and live on Zoom. Go to BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash Academy to find out more. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really grateful to be here. Um, I, um, you see the background. I'm in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona right now. I, I did a refuge recovery day long for the, uh, the refuge community here. Uh, we had people from Flagstaff. We had people from the, the greater Phoenix area. We even had people come out from uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And um, it was just a lovely day. And, you know, the big thing was it was just about connection, you know, and, and these days, and thanks to my practice and thanks to sobriety, that uh, my heart just fills with that connection. You know, being seen and heard is it's just something to be so grateful for, being able to connect with another. You know, that, that wasn't, that's not something I, I valued or even, I think I didn't even try for that, you know, growing up. I, uh, I felt so removed, so different than the rest of everybody. I thought my flavor of suffering was was different than everybody else's and that nobody got me. And then, you know, in coming to practice and coming to sobriety and, you know, coming to the, these rooms, you know, like Robin said, I got sober in AA and starting to hear my story more and more. And, and, and you know, in, in Dharma groups, hearing other people share the same emotional feelings and the same critical thoughts and the same negativity that uh, that just you know, number one, it normalized everything. And number two, uh, I, I felt connected, like, Hey, people get me. And then we get to practice together. We get to, we get to get sober together. We get to, we get to wake up together and, and experience freedom. So such a beautiful thing. Um, before we get too much further, let's, uh, let's practice a little, uh, a little gratitude practice. So uh, actually I meant to turn on my timer. So I, they're real long. This is this is a short <laughs> thing today. So, just bringing some kind awareness into this body.
Just allowing your breath to go its natural pace. And if you can, to cultivate a little gratitude for the breath right now. If we're alive, we're breathing. As the Buddha said, this precious life is a miracle. So rare. If you want to use a simple phrase like we use in metta or any of the other Brahma Viharas, maybe just using the simple phrase, thank you. Breathing in, thank you for this life force, the breath. Of course, the breath is such a perfect focus of meditation. Sharon Salzberg says it's totally portable. We take it with us everywhere. Taking some mindful breaths. Becoming intimate with this breath. This moment. starting to extend some gratitude into this body. Maybe to all the organs at the sense doors. Reflecting on the eyes, all the things that these eyes have seen. The sunsets and the sunrises, the beaches, the mountains, the smiles on the faces of our loved ones. So to the eyes offering, thank you. All the little parts of the eyes, that sense of sight. Offering a thank you to each of the ears. Reflecting on all the things that these ears have heard. Music, waves crashing on a beach, cat purring. Laughter. Thank you to the sense of hearing. All that these ears have heard, all the information that's been taken in by the ears. Breathing in through the nose, breathing in and thank you. Sense of smell. All the, the myriad of things that this nose has smelled all the foods, the clean smell after a rain. If you're lucky enough to have a, a child, the smell of a newborn baby's head. Thank you to sense of smell, this nose, all its parts. Offering a thank you to the mouth, sense of taste. All the bitter things, the sweet things, the savory things, the salty things. Maybe we have 
a difficult relationship with food, but just to acknowledge that we do need to eat balanced, skillfully, mindfully. Maybe gratitude for hearing somebody's microphone not muted. <laughs> gratitude to the mouth, the tongue, the teeth, everything that's involved with taste. Just extending gratitude through this whole body. The functions of the organs. Maybe we've damaged some parts of the body in our, through our addictions. Maybe our, our livers, our kidneys, the lungs, stomach. Just any gratitude for what we have right now. We're alive. These organs are functioning currently, maybe with assistance. The arms and the legs, the hands, the feet, sense of touch. Reflecting on all these things that we've touched, hugged, our friends, pet, furry animals, put our hands on warm rocks or cold snow. Sending thank yous through the whole body. All its parts, all its functions. Maybe also asking a little forgiveness for what damage we've done. And thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for this breath, this moment, this life. A lot of gratitude for the ringing of that bell there. Still going. Hmm. See some friends streaming live right now online. So much gratitude for the friends that I have. The, it's been hitting me a lot lately. I have so much gratitude for the, the support system I have. You know, after um, I, I think I need to update my bio a little bit. It's Still, when I when I first moved to Portland, I, I moved to Portland, Oregon, uh, a little over two and a half years ago, and and just reflecting on the the community that I plugged into at, at Portland Insight and the Refuge Recovery Community, and and another thing that my my um, bio should update. I I'm, I'm highly involved with a with a men's group in uh, AA in in Portland called Knuckleheads. Shout out to my. <laughs> fellow brothers in recovery uh just the 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 teachers my my, my guiding teacher robert Beatty and and the rest of the teachers at portland insights and and all the friends that i that i have and and, and my family i have a, a i have a wonderful uh, i have 
terrific in-laws. How many people can say that? My, uh, my wife can't say the same, but <laughs> actually my, my sister's great. I love my sister, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's so easy to forget about that stuff though. You know, we, I, I think it's just so common in, in, in addiction that we were, were conditioned for that, that negativity bias. We're conditioned to look for the difficult. We're, we're conditioned to look for the, the small, the, the uncomfortable, for all the all the things that are wrong in our lives and and we suffer right and and i know for me uh, you know again like i said in the in the beginning i just i was so gripped into these stories this delusion that that nobody got my kind of suffering that nobody uh you know growing up as a jehovah's witness kid and and just in all the repression and you know and not being able to live in my truth and and and, and all i just I, I, I kept it all in. I repressed it all and I suffered. And in that minute that I started drinking alcohol and I was able to find a little relief from that, you know, it was on. And so, you know, starting in however old you are in sixth grade, you know, I just, I kept uh, using drugs and alcohol and, you know, and, and then, you know, and, and, and sex and compulsive shopping and, and, you know, whatever, whatever I could, it felt like I had this big hole in my chest that's, that's, that's empty. And I just had to stuff it full of stuff. And I suppose it, at some time the, the drugs and alcohol did work. But, you know, for, for the longest time, you know, again, just total delusion that, uh, that I, you know, that I deserved it or that I earned it or that I was, I was partying, you know, quote unquote, I was partying. And, and that, you know, the truth was I was just creating misery misery i was i was slowly killing myself i was i was losing myself so you know through through a practice of shifting you know in, in aa you know I, I thought about this earlier i'm going to give a lot i'm going to quote aa a lot <laughs> 12 step <laughs> uh along with some of some of our, our, our buddhist ideas uh you know, in AA, they say we suffer a disease of perception completely in line with this path, right? This Buddhist path that uh, we, we, we're locked into the delusion, the illusion that everything's wrong, that, uh, that life doesn't go my way. Uh, dukkha, right? I mean, just that, that first noble truth. In this life, there is dissatisfaction. You're suffering. And we can, you know, that's the thing without, without awareness, without consciousness, we get locked up in that. We identify with it. We take it on as, as our truth, right? And through practice, through, you know, sobriety so much and an ongoing a daily practice and connecting with the teacher and with the community. And, and we start to cultivate awareness, right? The Eightfold Path. We, we, we cultivate wisdom. We live ethically. We uh, train our minds. And, and through this uh, synergistic path that we start to see clearly like, oh, yeah, when, when I feel overwhelmed, I do this. When, when, when I feel scared, when I feel angry, I, I, you know, I act out. I, I, you know, I, I cling to uh, the idea that I want this moment to be anything other than what it is. And so, you know, again, we suffer. We suffer. Through awareness, through our practice, we can start to 
shift that perception, right? That disease of perception. We start to shift our, our awareness to be able to hold it all. And it's not, this isn't about spiritual bypassing. This is one thing that I really have to watch. You know, the, 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 the way I grew up in, uh, what was modeled to me, what, what I imprinted was repression. Just stuff it down. Everything's okay. Nothing's wrong. Right. And, uh, so I have to be careful about spiritual bypass. I have to make sure that I don't use my practice to, to run away from, from life. So, uh, you know, one thing I really like, Philip Moffat, who I, I love, his, his book, if you're, if you're new to Buddhism and you want a good book on, on the foundational, the, the original teachings of the Buddha, how to apply it for your life, Philip Moffat's book, Dancing with Life, is just wonderful. I've got so much gratitude for Philip. Uh, but he's got this, uh, he talks about gratitude a lot. He's got a, a practice called the and practice. So, you know, not bypassing, not being, you know, not the Pollyanna looking at just the everything's great, but being able to hold it all. So, you know, acknowledging the difficult and then opening our awareness to the, the stuff that we have at hand that's wholesome, that's good, that's, that's pure, that's, that, that brings us joy or peace or whatever it is. So, um, you know, last night I, I didn't sleep well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a situation where I, I'm, you know, it's not my bed. Uh, and for whatever reason, I didn't sleep well. And I love this situation. Look at this. Got a, got a, a wood burning stove behind us. I got such great hosts here. My, my friend Jeff is sitting right in front of me. I, so if I'm, I'm looking from the camera up a little bit, that's <laughs> my buddy, Jeff, who's just been so kind. So I didn't sleep well. And there's just so much, hospitality. There's so much compassion. There's so much softness and love in this house. He's got, he's got uh, this wonderful, sweet wife, and he's got these, these three wonderful boys and one of their friends. And we played cards last night. He's his, his dog blues over here, sleeping the best dog in the world. <laughs> I want to go home with blue. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't sleep well. And look at all this love, compassion, uh, uh, Jeff is a skilled body worker. He gave me a massage this morning. This body feels pretty good right now. <laughs> got, got me stretching. These, these hips feel nice and open. And, and man, this is the good stuff. I could easily, you know, back when, what, what it was like before, I could easily, you know, just my day's ruined. I didn't sleep. I'm tired. I need to take a nap. I got to check out of here. No, I don't have to, you know, the, the, the family's being too loud or, you know, or, you know, the lights are too bright or whatever it is. That's, that's, I'm just throwing stuff out there. That's not the truth, <laughs> but it's so easy to, to get locked up in that. I, I still love uh, my first home group in AA was a, a men's meeting. I, I have such gratitude for men's stag AA specifically. Uh, my shout out to uh, end of the line in Encino, California, but my friend Ted used to say, and, and I really looked up to Ted. He'd been sober for a while and he had, he had daughters. I have two daughters myself and he had daughters uh, and very, you know, successful guy been, been, you know, walking this path of sobriety and, and service. So he used to say that, um, you know, just talking about this disease of perception, he'd wake up in the morning and the, the, the sun's shining through the, the, the curtains in his, in his house and, and he gets up and he hears the birds are singing and he goes over to the window and he looks out and the flowers are blooming and it's this clear sky and his daughters are out in the yard and they're playing and they're giggling and they're laughing and they're enjoying each other. And, and he says, I'm doomed. And, you know, that so resonated with me that, that, that again, that, that delusion that everything's wrong, nothing's going our way, that, uh, this, 
how about that 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 common mistranslation of the first noble truth of of only life is suffering more accurate translation of in this life there is suffering there is dissatisfaction there is dukkha but then there's all this other stuff right this just bringing some awareness in my body this i love this sweater i'm six foot four this thing it goes down to my my hands <laughs> it fits me well <laughs> i you know i really dig this uh, this gray this white stripe in my in my beard right now i uh you know we had this day long yesterday and and everybody was committed to the practice they're committed to the program of refuge recovery they were committed we you know we meditated a lot we sat we walked we did the interactive dyads everybody was in it it was it was a whole right it wasn't independent it wasn't me and all of them it was us right just so much gratitude to to being able to connect i'm i'm not this this uh solid static independent thing when uh when when jeff picked me up from the airport the other day we were driving from the flagstaff airport out to where his house is and and he pointed out the the, the forest around and he said that these that's ponderosa pines that are all around and he said that it's not independent trees everywhere that the the, the ponderosas are actually a single organism it's all connected the root system everything's connected and you know and that's if we practice enough and that's the one thing that my practice all these years later my practice keeps bringing me again and again is how interconnected we truly are you know and if we're in any kind of uh, program whether it's 12 step whether it's refuge whether it's smart whatever whether they're just a dharma group that we're as dr martin luther king jr says we may have arrived at different ships but we're all in this boat together right that uh you know and i love the the tikka han says you know the next buddha most likely will be community. So, you know, if we're all going to wake up together, why can't it be us? Those of us that are in recovery, we understand suffering. I, um, you know, Sharon Salzberg is one of my teachers and a, and a friend, and I love her to death, and she's been there for me a lot. Uh, you know, she was empowered to teach by Deepa Ma when she was 19 years old. She was, she was visiting Deepa Ma again in India, and she had to go home, I think, for an emergency or something. And Deepa Ma stopped her before she went and she said, you go to America and you teach. And Sharon's like, um, I'm 19 years old. I'm not, I'm not ready to teach. And Deepak Ma said, you understand suffering. And, you know, those of us in recovery, that's the thing. We, we get it, right? Like, maybe I don't, you know, there's some people that are streaming this right now. And I see these names and maybe I don't know these. I don't know these names. I just, I'm, not, I'm not connected to them. But. We know each other, right? That's what we, we get when we go to rooms, when we go to uh, Dharma groups. Like we, we know each other, whether in whatever the, the, the addiction was, you know, whether it's substance, whether it's process or behavioral, like we, we, the levels of deception, the levels of uh, manipulation, the levels of uh, rationalization, we can rationalize everything. The levels of dishonesty and the levels of dukkha. Like we get the, how, how much that connects us to each other, right? And the fact that we now see that and we're doing something about it, we're doing work about it, there's freedom. They're taking refuge in Sangha, you know, practicing with each other, supporting each other, waking up together. So I wanted to 
Uh, I wanted to read a little thing from Melody Beattie. That's the, the, the title of my talk today. I took from something she wrote. Melody Beattie um, has written a lot of, uh, about codependence, especially in, in the 12-step literature and stuff. Uh, I just I found this online a long time ago, and I just read, really liked it. She says, uh, say thank you until you mean it. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. Boom. Gratitude turns what we have into enough and more. Not denying, not to not buying into that that idea of scarcity that that you know nothing's going our way, nothing's you know we don't have enough to be happy, but recognizing that what we have is enough and more, right? Uh, it turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. It turns problems into gifts, failures into successes, the unexpected into perfect timing and mistakes into important events. It can turn an existence into a real life and disconnected situations into important and beneficial lessons. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today and creates a vision for tomorrow. That last line's a little corny, but. <laughs> you know, um, what time do we have here? Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, and, and I just wanted to say, you know, through uh, just the last thing about about gratitude, uh, through a consistent, I've had a daily written gratitude practice for like eight years now. Uh, I am able to 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 feel gratitude for my addiction. I'm able to feel gratitude for my uh, my uh, my biggest enemies, my biggest problems. Like all that stuff has shaped me to where I'm, I'm you know, who and what I am today. And you know, as they say in twelve step, uh, it takes what it takes. Don't we all have gratitude for Gary? That talk is a nice reminder for us all to incorporate gratitude a little more into our practice. Buddhist Recovery Network is a volunteer-run organization. No one is paid to give these teachings. You can show support for the teachers and BRN by offering Donna at BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash donate. The link is also in the podcast description. Our next Academy talk will be by Mary Stankovich, another great teacher who is a part of Refuge Recovery. You can listen in live from your phone or laptop or tablet, however you feel most comfortable. All you need to do is get the Zoom link, which you can find either on our Facebook page or at BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash Academy. The Academy Talk will take place Sunday, April 7th.